This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. This week on Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Be bald and be free day. An open mic gaff quiz. The one body part you should never get tattooed. The 1907 Cubs. And Rick's brush with Mitch Album. All that plus unlimited tangents and a lengthy discussion about uh, Jewish and Catholic holidays. <laughs> this week on Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia, Minutia Men, Men with Rick and Dave. That's Rick Kemper and Dave Stern. We're your Minutia Men, and we are uh, sitting at our desks ready to perform for you. Our- like monkeys. Actually, you don't sit at a desk, do you? No, I'm on a, because of my scoliosis, Rick. Yeah. Uh, I am on a, my lazy boy. I have a lazy boy that I, uh, I think 20 years, I think I've had the lazy boy for 20 years and it's, uh, um, so I'm sitting here very comfy in my lazy boy with the, there's fuzz, you know, the interior of the, what's it called? Fuzz, the stuffing uh-huh. coming out, coming coming out a little bit, but this is my chair, baby. This is my Archie bunker chair. Okay. It's all very comfy. In well, fact. I'm, I'm jealous. I'm sitting in like a regular chair, just sitting here at my dining room table. How does that affect your uh, elephantitis or your gout? Uh, it it has no effect whatsoever on that, but it does uh, it does keep me awake, so I won't be dozing off during. Well, the show. I would I would imagine these last couple of nights with the Chicago Cubs, we are it's killing me, it's yeah. killing me, but in a good way, you know yeah. that the one night that I stayed up till two in the morning, um, that has damaged my entire week. I got to be honest, because so I still had couple- to get up at six thirty to take Sean to school. Uh, yeah, but it's it's a lot more fun. Oh, well, they they lost that one though, right? Yeah, they that lost. was terrible. Okay, that was the the. But yesterday, g- g- t- take me through yesterday for you. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it without singing. I'm not allowed to sing, right? <laughs> uh, no, you, you can make up a noise. You can make up a uh, song, but no, you can't sing it a a licensed song. No. Well, here I'll tell you. I, you could you could jump in. It was about I don't know. 10 o'clock, 9.30 or whatever, I put the kids to bed. I'm putting the kids to bed. I fall asleep um, with Julie, and then I wake up, and I check my phone, and it was 5 to 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Giants, right. So right. I'm like, you know, I'll, call, I'll watch the end of the game. Um, were, you, I were, think, were you crying? Well, when they won? Yeah. When the Cubs won? No, and, and, and in my defense, I was not cheering against the Cubs. There was no uh, bile uh, in your in your uh, esophagus, slowly working its way up. <laughs> well, well, there's always bile in my esophagus because I have heartburn, as you know from a, being a big listener on this show. <laughs> okay. But I don't think it, it was not uh, Major League Baseball induced bile. Um, no, and, and 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 let the record show, I do have tickets for the first game, the NLCS. Right. Which so I'm there's a the, financial interest. It, for exactly. You. Right. Yeah. So it's not particularly pure here, and I get that. Uh, but I was watching it, and I saw, you know, I saw I, I saw some taunting Giants fans in the top, you know, before the ninth inning started. Yeah, it, it must have looked very cold there. Does it? It gets cold there. It's Is that always cold in San Francisco? You could be there in the middle of June, and it's cold. Yeah. Um. So you know, and they were a little taunty. They were, you know, with their, you know, with their little signs. So I kind of like, don't sh- don't throw shade on my city. You know, it's. <laughs> You know, I, I was really? so 
Yeah, a little bit. Not not a lot, but a, but a little bit. And so I watched the game, and then I was flipping actually from the game to CNN to the game to CNN. You know, um, because I'm obviously so politically very, active. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then you know, the first guy gets on, and then the second guy gets on, or whatever. And then I must have watched CNN for a few minutes, and then it was. Then you scored a run or two runs or I don't know how did how did that work out? Yeah. Well, I was yeah. I was watching the game at the uh, Green White Clubhouse last night. I had a a board meeting for the uh, Green White Soccer Club. It's a uh-huh. club here that my son plays for, and my dad founded. And I'm actually hosting their 60th anniversary banquet on Saturday, <laughs> and I spend a, a little bit too much time there, wouldn't you say, uh, Dave? Yeah. How much of the time that you spend? is basically you're obligated because of your dead father. A hundred percent of the time. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> if I'm going to be totally honest, 100% yeah, a, of the time. Uh, but anyway, I, I, we had a meeting last night, a coach's meeting, and then after the meeting was over, you know, we flipped the TV on, and I had, I was there for game one and game two, and they won both of those games. I watched so it leave. there. So, and, so you, have to, right, you have to stay and watch it there. Well, right? I had to. I had no choice. Right. And then right. they came back with that incredible comeback. And now I have to watch every game there. At the, at the Green White Clubhouse. Yeah. Well, it's a nice place. I've been there. We have a lot of our Eckhart's Press book signings there. It's yeah. a very nice, comfortable place. Uh, th- were you alone? Were there other? There were two other guys there, two, two British guys, uh, soccer trainers. And uh, they were politely cheering yeah. along yeah. with me. I don't think they're huge baseball fans. But, you know, so what? Well, congratulate. You know what? Thank I you. actually, I, I saw the game and they won and I'm like, you know, I posted on my Facebook page that I grinned. I don't know if I really grinned, yeah, but I didn't, but I didn't frown and I wasn't mad. So that is really a pretty huge step for me. Well, if you, uh, if you happen to run into me between now and Saturday and yeah. it looks like I've got a little bounce in my step and, yeah. uh, like I'm, uh, maybe skipping or hopping or, you Walking know, on sunshine. It, that's what's happening. I've got that okay. song, Katrina and the Waves, going through yeah. my head. I'm walking on sunshine. Or it could be little Uncle Remus, a little uh, zippity <laughs> uh, doodah. Zip, uh, okay. <laughs> Uncle Remus. Okay. That's yeah. Medusha. Yeah. Uh, all right. So when do, when do the nerves start? Well, uh, we don't know who we're playing. Notice how I'm saying we're. I'm jumping <laughs> on the wagon right now. Uh, it's either the Dodgers or the... Washington Senators, right? Washington Nationals. <laughs> okay. But Fra- Frank they, Howard still played for the, the Senators. Right? Back into 1971. <laughs> uh, and uh, so who do we want? I mean, do we want... It doesn't matter. And, and I'm not saying it, that because, you know, we'll, we'll beat them all. But I don't yeah, really right. have a preference one or the other. It's There's no... They're both going to be very hard. Is Steven Strasburg back on the... No, Nash- he's not. Will he, or or do we know? I don't think so. I don't think so. I you know I have to start reading up on this. This is I haven't really been paying attention to that. So I was fully ready for Game Five. Yeah, you yeah. know, emotionally in my head, I was ready for Game Five. So uh, anyway, so you're, you're okay. Well, good luck. Well, thank you. Thank you're you. Know, right. I mean, and, and I also have tickets for Game Seven, which you do as too. I you, do too. You, yeah, well. but I hope I never, <laughs> I never have to use those get, those tickets. Would you sell or would you go? You'd go, right? Uh, well, I, we've talked about this. I think I would sell them uh, and get 
worse tickets because I have pretty good seats. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have you know, to go. T- I mean, I have to go. If I can go to any games, uh, you know, and if you're listening, people, and you want to unload some tickets, I know a sucker who lives in Mount Prospect <laughs> who might be willing to take them off your hands. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I have to go see some games. I just have to, and I haven't yet in the playoffs. So, w- Would you consider, well, if they, if they go into the American League, when they play the World Series, let's say it's in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Should I not be saying anything like that? Uh, but if they play, let's say, Toronto or Cleveland, both of which not far away, would you consider doing a road trip and watching one of the World Series games there? Well, it might be easier to get tickets there. Well, that's exactly what I'm saying. I, I don't uh, know about Cleveland because Cleveland hasn't won since 1948 um, the World Series. So, you know, that's going to be a pretty big ticket item, too. Toronto, though. Toronto. I'd love to go to Toronto. Toronto's a fun little city. See, I think that's, you know, what this is what you do. You sell your, yeah, you sell your game seven tickets for the NLCS. You go to a game, get a crappy seat, you know, pocket a grand or whatever, and put that money to a little trip for the Toronto. Well, I wouldn't mind if if the Dodgers make it, and I think by the time this podcast comes out, uh, it'll it'll be known who their opponent is. But if if it, let's say it's the Dodgers, um, shouldn't we make an Eckhart's Press trip to Los Angeles just you know to pitch some of our books as movie <laughs> ideas? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't think I could get that past the tower. No, My, no. Oh, well, well, I guess we can use. It's a business trip. Eckhart's press funds. It's a business um, trip. Yeah, you know, no, I, I don't. I don't think. Well, it'd be there, Washington. See, now I'd like to go to be in Washington around the election. That could be fun. It, that that could be fun. Uh, you know what? Get. We'll talk about it. All next right. Week. We'll noodle. We'll noodle. Uh, uh, hey, we should probably talk about <laughs> minutia. Or, um, <laughs> well. Hey, By the uh, way, if people want to know what a typical uh, Rick and Dave phone conversation sounds like, you've just you've just it, listened right? to about ten minutes of it right there. Um, have you ever risked eternal damnation by doing a webcast or by being a, doing our podcast? Um, have you? Yeah, have you ever? Yeah, have you ever thumbed your nose at the at the gates of hell? I to, to, don't think so. Well, I am right now. It's a holy day right now. I oh. should be, I should be repenting for my sins. Oh, it's for, Yom Kippur, right? Or Yom, yeah, yeah, it's the repenting for your sins. Is one. it Kippur or Kipper? Which one do you I go think, with? I think I think it's Kippur, but I think you can say it both ways. Okay, actually, I you know, quite frankly, I don't really know. <laughs> you are not going to win any Jew awards. <laughs> no, no, I'm Jewish, right? Um, but yeah, but so I'm. You know, this is the repenting of the sins okay. holiday, but what sins do I possibly have, right? Uh, you, would you like a list? <laughs> I actually kind of rooted. I did not root against the Cubs yesterday. So this is this is your this is your uh, penance. You've had one moment in your life of human decency. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. now you I'm have taking- to repent for nothing. Right. That's pretty. That's exactly true. It's like, you know, and I don't want to get into religion, but doesn't your religion, can't you just say a couple of things and then everything's okay? <laughs> you mean confession? Yeah. I'm a Catholic. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a little more complicated than that. I mean, sometimes you have to say an Our Father or a Hail Mary. 
<laughs> okay, all right. But but let's be honest, it's not like, you know, your go-to solution is that much more intense than mine right now. I know, but if as long as we're being honest, there's nobody that I know of, no Catholic, and I know a lot of Catholics, who when they go into confession actually confesses the real stuff. So they lie? Well, I mean, I they- mean, you, I mean it, the really bad stuff, you can't look a priest in the eye and say that. Uh, well, don't you have the screen or do you, well, that's old, that's old school there. Most, uh, confessions are not done that way anymore. You're usually in a room with a priest and it's a one-on-one conversation and you tell them the things that you have done that you're confessing. And you know, there are plenty of real things that you can confess. I'm just saying it's, it's an omission thing. I mean, the really bad stuff, (laughs) nobody (laughs) goes in there and says, um, uh, yes. yeah, Forgive I, me, Father, for I've sinned. I have masturbated every day for the last four years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and let's be honest, four years, that would be tough. Every day. <laughs> I'm not saying I did that. I'm just saying that these are not things that people would 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 confess. Uh, so you're in the room with the, with the priest. Yeah. Is it a nice room? Is it a... Yeah, some, no, not usually. <laughs> I mean, do they? Does he have baked goods there? I mean, no, or, no. I mean, is, sometimes it's just like a table and chair, and you just sit there and you say, you know, oh, I lied, or I, uh, you know, I took the Lord's geez. name in vain, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And I itemized when I shouldn't have. You what's know? that? Yeah, uh, I lost it I, in I, my I, heart. I, oh, you know, uh, whatever. <laughs> um. All right. Let me ask you a question. And yeah. by the way, for the listeners here. Um, pull up because this is going to be like a three-hour podcast. <laughs> we haven't even um, gotten to any of our stuff yet. <laughs> uh, so now, do you make uh, an wait, appointment? Shouldn't, is- you, shouldn't we be talking about Yom Kippur instead, <laughs> instead no, of Catholics no, no, today? No, we, we can, but hold on. Uh, so is it like a tea time? Do you like say go, okay, you come at 10.15 or – do you wait in line outside in a hallway, or how do you know yeah, when to go? Yeah, sometimes you do wait in a line in a hallway. And so, and, all, yeah, go ahead. So all these other sinners are just sitting there. Now, do you guys go? You know, what are you in for? <laughs> no, but you do look at each other like, geez, I wonder what he's going in. I wonder what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then when somebody uh, goes in there and they're in there for a real long time, and they come out, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I, I make I make sure that I zip in and I zip out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this? You know what this reminds me of? Uh, when we were going through, oh, we are now going. Screw the gates of hell for me not yeah. going to Yom Kippur. This is we're now going to hell for this, right? Um, when I, when Michelle and I were having some issues having babies, yes. I, I, oh, I would have. Are you sure to, you want to share this? Sure, why not? So, so I would go to fertility clinics, and I clinics because I think we went to a couple of them, and well. <laughs> In order to examine the issues that we may be having, certain body fluids of mine had to be examined, okay? So those body fluids had to come out of my body somehow. <laughs> okay? I know where so, you're going with this one. Okay. Uh, yes. So you go to a room in the fertility clinic, yeah. and everybody uh-huh. knows what that room is for. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't remember what the sign on the room said or the door. It might say, ick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right um, 
but every you know and there's you know there's people walking down the hey bill hey jack how you doing uh yeah room three you know so you go into this room and it's it seems a lot nicer than what you're going through for confession yeah. i mean there's like there's like a video you know there's magazines there uh so you you know you do what you're supposed to do right right exactly but but I always thought that, like, okay, what is the appropriate amount of time I need to wait in this room? <laughs> because you, because you go in there, it takes you thirty-five seconds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then you walk right. out the door. Right. Who, who knows? Who knows me better than me? Right. So. <laughs> so. So. It sounds like the same thing. So I just kind of waited there for a while, and uh, you know, okay, well, I'll watch this video. What is, oh, this looks interesting, and then I go out. Hey, the pizza man again? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Hey, did I get any mail? Uh, so yeah. So that uh, well, you know, okay. after I got my vasectomy, as long as we're <laughs> exchanging stories of this nature, um, you know, you also have to provide a sample to make sure that. You know, it worked. You right, know, that, exactly. Are you, you're, yeah. that you're firing right. blanks. You know, right, right, right. and uh, the nurse gave me a cup. You know, it was like a urine uh, a sample cup. You know, about that size. And I looked at her and I said, "That's going to take me like six months to fill that up." <laughs> she goes, "You don't have to fill it up, sir. Just a little <laughs> sample." Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I mean, I, I, what did I, I didn't know. Uh, well, and did now did they have a f- nice room for you, or did you take it home? No, I took it home, and I never returned it. <laughs> so, so you don't even know if no, I have no idea. I have no uh, idea, and uh, and uh, you know, I'm just going to trust the doctors. I think the doctors are excellent; they do excellent work. Although, I'll, all right, I'll tell you one more story. <laughs> okay, go on about that day. Yeah, and by the way, this is this is the uh, when we get into this area, this is when. When I'm, I know I'm going to get a smackdown from my wife when she listens to this. But you know, we're being honest with each other, right? Exactly, right, right, exactly. So during the actual vasectomy, uh, I was, I had it done at Northwestern, and it's a teaching uh, college, you know. And and while my, you know, while I was out there, you know, while I was hanging out there, I had about five people in the room. Yeah, you know, I yeah. remember, you know, some of their names. I remember there was a guy named Omar. You know, he because the, the doctor introduced me to everybody. Like, hey, yeah, hey yeah. how are you? <laughs> you know, and as the doctor is uh, going through this the procedure, he uh, he he's introducing me to some of these people, and he goes, "Wait a minute, Kempfer, are you Rick Kempfer?" I said, "Yeah, you're the same guy that did the uh, that worked for Stephen Gary." And oh I was like, God. yes. Hey, it's, you know, and he says to the other, to the doctors, hey, this guy worked on the radio. Do you remember that show? And I'm like, could you please concentrate? Concentrate on, on my vest. <laughs> yeah, my vest desferens or whatever they're called. Yeah. That's, Very um, awkward moment. Very awkward moment. Well, we have a, a friend, Scott, Scott Redmond. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I, he's going to really appreciate having his name. Right, put and out he's there. a lawyer. And he's you know what, really he's smart. Yeah. Yeah, he's really smart. He's a, he's a lawyer. He's a really yeah. good lawyer. I'm not going to mention this. Okay, good idea. But 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 he had a situation where I'll tell you off the air. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, well, speaking. You're welcome, holy, Scott. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, speaking of holy days, yes, Rick. Friday is a holy day. Another holy day for me. 
it is that Rosh Hashanah? No, that was last week. Right. That no, we we partied like it was fifty-seven forty-eight or whatever last week. Okay. Um, October fourteenth is Be Bald and Be Free Day. Oh yes, and you uh, are the author of the Balding Handbook: Five Stages of Grieving for Your Hair Loss. Exactly true, and and, and Be Bald and Be Free Day. It's kind of like you know how the lesbian and gay those people have their day, right? <laughs> right. Where they could, where, you know, where they come out, you know, or, you know, uh, <laughs> those every, every, people. Yeah, yeah. Every, Hey, I, I love those people. Oh. Uh, but you know, every group has their thing. This is our, you know, this is our, this is the day that we can feel comfortable in our own skin, right? It's be bald oh, and be it. free. Skin. You're, you're on the cut, like on the top of your head, your skin. Right. See, see, this is why we have to have a specific day. Do you know what okay. I do on Be Bald and Be Free Day? No, but I'm sure you're going to tell me. What, what, what do you do? I lather, rinse, and repeat. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. <laughs> you don't like that one. <laughs> no, I don't. Do you, do you use extra shampoo just to, just to, just to flaunt no, your little... I, uh, your little I, I shouldn't have said that was a very mean thing for me to say. I apologize. Uh, well, um, being that it's be bald and be free day on October 14th and, um, and certainly what would be great for our listeners to purchase the balding handbook and, and, and the most important book every writ ever Where is written. that available anyway? Oh, uh, Rick, uh, the ebook version is available on Amazon. So I just huh. go to amazon.com and, and, and what's Ac- the price? I don't even know what the price is. What is the price? Uh, you know what? I don't 595 maybe <laughs> don't even know how much your own book is. <laughs> I think it's fine. Okay, how much is Father Knows Nothing? I have no idea. Okay. So, all right. Uh, you got me. Uh, all right. So, um, so yes, go to Amazon and certainly uh, for, for somebody who may not be self-actualized, a self-actualized bald guy yet, um, send them this book. You could do ebook, or you can get the paperback at EckhartsPress.com. But while I was researching for the Be Bald and Be Free Day, which, by the way, I will be on a radio station in Wisconsin on uh, November 2nd. Um, I don't have the exact radio station. Well, that's not be bald and be free day. No, I know. It's just, <laughs> I, it's, it, it's, I don't know what it is. Oh, by, by the way, do you know that October 14th is also world egg day? I'm I not getting I did not know that. No. Yeah. So a uh, world egg day and be bald and be free day is on the same day. Oh, I get it. And, and bald guys, their heads look a little bit like eggs. Yeah. Um, so I, so I was, while I was researching, I was looking through my old files of emails that people had sent me when this book was all the rage and I stumbled upon this one. Um, Hey, funny guy, you know that when some uh, email starts with, Hey, funny guy, they don't think you're that funny. It's used ironically, (laughs) right? Hey, funny guy. I got 23 copies of your book. The balding handbook delivered to my email this morning. It's my birthday and my fraternity brothers thought it would be funny. Ha ha. Thanks a lot. Ass hat. So there you go. That's a free idea out there for anybody who's got a friend turning 40 or 50. That's, that's pretty funny. 23 of them. Yeah, that That was, um, that, and you got half the profits on it too. That's right. So you got maybe one third of an inning of the seventh game of the NLCS, probably the cost of not even a third of an inning. Okay. Well, I got, uh, I got something for you here. Minutia wise. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a, a Donald Trump tape that was released this week. Did you hear anything about this? 
no. What was no? Apparently, what, what, uh, he said some some bad things that were yeah. caught on an open mic, and which made me think about other bad things that have been caught on open mics throughout the years. And I have a little <laughs> quiz for you. I would like to. We're going to call this the. Uh, Caught on a hot mic quiz or the okay. open mic gaff quiz. Okay. Pick All right. Poison. One of those two. All right. One of these things was not caught on an open mic. One of these things. All right. The rest mm-hmm. of them are, are, are true. A, Newt Gingrich's mother called Hillary Clinton a bitch. <laughs> okay. B, a Joe Biden told Obama that passing health care was a big fucking deal. Yeah, that I know is true. That I know okay. is true. C, Barack Obama told his chief of staff that Taylor Swift was smoking hot. Okay. Or George Bush told Dick Cheney that a reporter was a major league asshole. Okay, I think that was the the the, the Bush one is, and also the Joe Biden Obamacare one. The new New Gingrich and the, what the third one was uh, uh, smoking Obama. hot. Yeah, I say the New Gingrich mother bitch is the one that did not happen. That was true. That really happened. Uh, Newt, really? Uh, Newt's mother was being interviewed by Connie Chung. I want to say this was in the nineties, and uh, she somehow the subject of Hillary Clinton came up, and she was the first lady at the time. And Newt's mother looked to Connie and whispered, as if the mic wasn't picking it up. You know she's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's yeah. a, thanks, mom. Well, you, you know what I think is hilarious about this tape is yeah. how there's this outrage. How it was, you know. Well, you know, he was taped and he didn't know he was taped. Well, he was wearing a microphone. Yeah, exactly. You know, you anybody know, who's ever worked in broadcasting, and I got news for you: Donald Trump has worked in broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, knows it, that when you are wearing a microphone. <laughs> Yeah. You have to watch what you say. It's, yeah, every second. Even if you, I know. Even if you're not on the air. In a radio yeah. studio, this is true. In a television studio, it is true. Whenever there is a microphone near you and it can be transmitted, <laughs> you it, it, can't say things. Well, didn't Reagan? Oh, well, is there more quiz? Oh, yeah. No, you're going to okay. blow one of my things. Okay. Reagan. All right. I, well, that's fine. I, All right. I go on. What's All right. The this is the, the, the four more. French President Jacques Chirac said that the only thing the British have contributed to cuisine is mad cow disease. <laughs> okay. Okay, that's funny. Uh, Go on. A B, Prince Charles, saying that the French smell as bad as Gruyere cheese. <laughs> okay. C, David Stern said, fuck you to Rick Kemper on the air at <laughs> WPGU Champagne. Okay, that didn't happen. Go on. <laughs> or D, Ronald Reagan joking that he would begin nuking Iran in five minutes. Okay, well, yeah. I know the the third one allegedly happened, uh, yeah. and the Reagan one I know. Uh, it was what is the they were both uh, the first two were both cheese, right? Or no, wait, what was uh, did Sh- Jock Chirac say? The only thing the British have contributed to cuisine is oh, bad man. cow disease, or did Prince Charles say the French smell as bad as Gruyere cheese? I say the second one is not true because I can see you researching it and finding the most obscure cheese to put in there. <laughs> I just wanted to get a French sounding one, but yes, <laughs> you are correct. Okay. Uh, French uh, President Jacques Chirac really did say that. Yeah. Uh, well, it could be true, right? Well, it is you know, true. Have you ever eaten yeah, British food? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, uh, 
when we were in London, we had the Tandoori, no, the Aromatic Duck. Is that what it was called? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. But, but, but everybody said, when you go to London, you got to try the Aromatic Duck. I'm like, really? Is that a British thing? No, it's a Chinese thing. It's like everybody hates eating London or British food, so you got you got to go to the Chinese restaurants in London because you know what you, you what you should really eat in London, and I'm going there this summer um, is uh, Indian food. Indian food yes. is fantastic in in England. I know that you don't eat Indian food, but it really is good stuff. Uh, they, do you hear my dog whining? She wants to go outside. Oh, well, do you need to hey, get I, up? I, and- I got news for you. We're doing a podcast. Can you see this? This microphone? That means I'm doing a podcast, and you can go sit over there and lie down. Go lie down. Go lie down. She's going to lie down. That's Aww, right. Yeah. Um, Rick, we were talking about um, politics, as we probably will for the next 28 days still. Yeah. Um, now, there's a lot of passion with a lot of um you know, uh, candidates, right? Donald yeah. Trump has <clears throat> huge rallies, very passionate, right? Among the supporters, uh, yes, very much yeah, so. Yeah, abso- absolutely. Um, Hillary Clinton, maybe not quite as passionate, maybe, no. I don't know. Uh, Bernie Sanders, though. Oh, yeah, law. the Bernie bros. Yeah. Um, and evidently, even people in the South were very um, uh, deeply committed to Bernie Sanders, like this one Alabama. Well, thank you for not saying those people again. <laughs> uh, uh, Alabama man by the name of Joshua Hughes. Okay, yeah. big Bernie supporter. Big Bernie supporter um, decided big? that he was. Well, <laughs> I will tell you, uh, he was so committed that he wanted to have a tattoo of Bernie Sanders, or I, uh, you know, uh, you know, the slogan "Feel the burn" or whatever it is tattooed on his body okay yeah now where, where do you think joshua hughes had the tattoo put on is it on his face somewhere where it's visible all the time because that's that's the worst place to put it now joshua felt that he wanted to feel the burn on his penis okay <laughs> okay <laughs> so, i was thinking there is yeah there is one place that's worse yes so this guy got a tattoo uh and it doesn't say what the tattoo is i would assume it was the slogan i don't think it was feel the burn yeah or i don't think it was like his face the portrait of birdie sanders I hope face. Not. feel the burn you can kind of you say yeah. you know hey of course it was. Yeah, this right. is what it exactly means. I feel, you right. know what i mean uh, <laughs> uh but evidently mr hughes uh is having regrets Really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, let me re- uh, let me read you his. Uh, this was on his Facebook post. Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. He wrote, "When would it ever seem like a good idea at the time?" Yeah, when you're very drunk. <laughs> uh, but with Bernie now, well, and truly out of the race, I went through all that pain for nothing. So if he would have won, it, uh, what, what difference would it made? You still well, here's had- the thing about Bernie. He's like seventy five years old. So yeah. you know he's not going to run again. So you knew yeah. in the best case scenario it was only good for four years, right? Well, eight, I guess, if he was going to. Oh, you really think he would have run again at age seventy nine? Oh, if he won the election, he yeah, would run. I guess. For, I guess. Uh, uh, Mr. Hughes shared how he experienced difficult difficulty getting the tattoo in the first place. I had to go to three tattoo artists before I found someone who had agreed to write it on my D. Yeah. Asterix, asterix K. 
Uh, the others told me to get it on my ankle or my shoulder, but it just wouldn't have had the same effect. Now, what brings what, what my question is to you? Let's say the Cubs. Oh, and by the <laughs> by the way, Mister Hughes now wants it re- removed, and no one's going to remove it because evidently it's pretty hard to remove a tattoo on one on a guy's penis. But if the Cubs won. I don't know if you can feel me cringing, but I'm like curled up in a little ball right now. <laughs> uh, if if things fell into place and something happened that you are really hoping that will happen, would you ever consider? No, not on my penis. No, I'm saying in general. No, no, I'm not. I'm not a tattoo guy. My body is a temple. Um, How about you? That's, well, I always said if the White Sox were ever going to win, the, or if they ever won the World Series, I would get a tattoo. And that was 10 years ago, and I still haven't done it. So. Yeah. So that no, answers that question. I'm waiting for the next one. Okay. <clears throat> for the next one. So, um, all right. Well, I, I have, uh, I think that's a good transition into our next segment, which is just one bad century. Time now for a collection of cub geekness. This is just one bad century with Rick and Dave. You know, we've already shared some cub geekness as, as we went through the, uh, the incredible victory last night. But uh, this is also a historic week for the Cubs. It was the week in which they won their first World Series, which was in 1907. <clears throat> now, a lot of people know about the 1908 World Series because it was their last one, and they've gone back and researched it. Uh, but if you don't, stay tuned because we'll be talking about it next week. <laughs> uh, but this week, I want to tell you about the 1907 World Series because I just just to give you an idea of how times have changed. In 1907, when the Cubs were in the World Series, there was no radio. There was no television. And the game, the clinching game was held in Detroit. They were playing against the Tigers. So they set up a giant scoreboard in downtown Chicago near the Tribune, where it is now the Tribune building. Uh And they had like a, uh, you know, like a diamond shape thing. And they had little balls that uh-huh. they would put on bases if somebody was on base. And they had like a ticker tape, and some guy would be there, you know, shouting out to everyone, you know, Joe Tinker right. just got a single! <laughs> That's how they, they transmitted that game. And it was it was drawing big fans, or big crowds in Chicago, but there in Detroit, in the, in the actual ballpark, only 7,700 fans showed up. Because they really? considered the Cubs this dynasty that they just had no chance against, um, and the and the uh, in those days the National League was the established league, and the American League was like this upstart league. The, the Second Circuit, isn't that what they called it? Yeah, the Junior Circuit. Yeah, yeah it's Junior Circuit, right? Uh, now, how did they broadcast? They was it by telegraph that they would? It must have tele- been right. It must have been by telegraph. Um, but that, um, that's that's how long ago. It was. Um, by the way, I'm sure you're wondering, uh, uh, three-finger Mordecai Brown was the yeah. winning pitcher. Only two runners made it as far as third base, and both were stranded there. It was a shutout victory. Ty Cobb came up in the bottom of the ninth, and Brown struck him out for the yeah. final out of the game, the out that clinched the first World Series title in Chicago Cubs history. What happened afterwards? So they win, and everybody's cheering. Oh, you may not know this. Everybody's cheering at the Tribune Tower, but basically those are the only people that know, right? Yeah. At that point. Yeah. So then then the Tribune obviously prints a story. So when did the average schmo Well, it wasn't it learn- wasn't the Tribune Tower, by the way, because the Tribune Tower hadn't been built yet. The Tribune Tower oh, wasn't yeah. built until 1925. 
but it was in uh, that where that is now in that neighborhood. And and there was a Chicago Tribune then. There was a Chicago Tribune, yes. Um so Cubs won the World Series and yeah. it had to be day game, right? Because there were no lights then. <laughs> Correct. Right? All right, so they win at 4:30. Uh yeah. then all these people, these 7500 people downtown in the loop know that the Cubs won. When does the average when does a Rick Kempfer in Mount Prospect find out that the Cubs won? Uh, well, considering that Mount Prospect didn't exist yet well, in 1907. Okay. 1917 uh, it was founded. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. But that's how long ago it's been since the Cubs won the World Series. I mean, I uh, I heard a, uh, you know, while I was watching the Cub game yesterday, I think I got 15 notifications for Facebook status updates within five seconds of the Cubs winning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Times have so, changed slightly. It, you uh, know, I talk, I try to tell my, my kids about this, um, and they just cannot fathom it. It's just beyond their comprehension. Well, anyway. do you do you, do you ever have it with, with Sean that if the Cubs do do what they may be doing, he hasn't put his time in yet. That's right? fine. It's fine. I want to see him happy. Wow. Yeah. It's time. I don't I don't want to I'm I'm not going to besmirch anyone. I don't care if you're a bandwagon jumper. Like, you know, my okay. wife Bridget was wearing her Cubs jersey yesterday watching right. the game. And yeah. you know, she's been a Cubs fan, you know, 3 years. Yeah. Like a diehard uh-huh. Cubs fan. Um yeah. and you know, I welcome that. I, I don't care how long it's taken you to become a Cubs fan. Everyone is welcome. That's All how right. I feel about it. It's right. time for our last segment of the show. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So the way Celebrity Potpourri works is Dave reaches his hand into the list of celebrity names that uh, have been written down by me, of all the people that I've met over the years. And he just takes a name out, and I have to tell the story about meeting that person. Um, and you, you, I think this guy's from Detroit. We were just talking about Detroit. Uh, Mitch Album, isn't he from Detroit? Yeah, he is from Detroit. All right, so mm-hmm. Mitch Album, in case you don't know, he's a sports writer, but he's also a an author who wrote a really heartwarming book called Tuesdays with Maury, which he would go every Tuesday and and meet with his college professor and and just talk about life. And you know, he let life slow down mm-hmm. and appreciated the moment. And this is what his excuse me, his former professor, Maury, taught him. This was his life lesson. And it was a really inspiring book. At that time, I was working for John Landecker. And, you know, I liked my job, but I was working like 18 hours a day. I had no Mm -hmm. time for anything else. I was literally working and getting a little bit of sleep, going back to work, and just all day totally consumed with working. And you had Tommy too, didn't you? We uh, We had two of the three boys. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, yeah. I think know. Tommy was, you know, like six or seven at that time already. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, so I got a call one day that Mitch Album wanted me to fly to Detroit and talk to him about producing his radio show. He did. He does a a weekly or daily radio show in Detroit, or at least he did. This is I'm going to say 2001, 2002, uh-huh. somewhere around there. I think Bridget was pregnant with Sean when this happened okay so i flew up there thinking 
all right, this could be the perfect combination. It could be a combination of, you know, uh, working in radio, which I loved, and working for a guy who understands balance in life. Right. Fatherhood and whatever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I thought this was going to be awesome. And my brother lives in Detroit. I, you know, I was starting to think about, well, you know what? I could, maybe I could move up there and we could, you know, raise our family in Detroit. Cost of living would be cheaper. Exactly. So I, fl- I fly up there. I, I'm brought to the uh, studio, which is in downtown Detroit, which is, uh, you know, a poop hole, if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really not a nice area. But I knew the Detroit suburbs well enough to know that I wouldn't be living downtown anyway. And I was sat in the corner, or they sat me in the corner of the studio as the show is about to begin. And Mitch Album walks in and doesn't even you know, say hello to me. He just does his show. And during commercial breaks, he doesn't come over and say hello. He knows who I am. You know, he knows what the whole thing is about. Uh, He doesn't say a word to me until after the show. Then they have like a 30-minute meeting. Now, this is a four-hour show. And you got there right in the beginning? I was there right at the beginning of the show. Uh. I was there before the show. So then after the show was over, they had their meeting, and, and they still didn't come in and talk to me. And then finally, he comes in and he sits me down. We go grab a bite to eat, and he uh, starts telling me all the things that he wants me to do as his producer. And he started yeah. talking to me as if he had already decided that I was going to be hired. And you know, this is just you know, let's go through the preliminaries. Right, 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 right. Um, but he, the list of topics he's he's got for me to do makes the list that I was doing with Landecker seem like a tiny list. I'm like, well, you know what you're talking about here is you know a 20 hour work day yeah, he goes yeah. well work is an important thing work is the most important thing in your life like <laughs> i said did you read tuesdays with maury <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny and that's my mitch album story hey, yeah. what did he say when you said did you get yeah. the job I, <laughs> I turned down the job right there i did i turned uh, it down and then i flew back it, home to chicago and happily stayed here so if John Rutgers Landecker is listening, John totally, knew all, I told him all about it. I I, yeah. I never kept anything from John. That's true. was it. Was it a? Um, was it at the end of? Yeah, your, no. It was, it was, was towards it was a, the end of our run. We kind of sniffed that things were going badly. You know, it was during the time when we didn't have a boss. You know, and and everyone's trying to make us quit. They were putting. You know. It was just a bad time uh, at WJMK. The last few years there were not so fun. So nobody well, was upset with me for going up to Detroit to do the uh, interview. Well, I'm, you know, I would have been heartbroken if you would have left. Oh, thank you, Dave. And, th- and this uh, yeah. podcast would probably have never happened. <laughs> oh, I we would have, I would have had a much better partner by now. We'd be <laughs> national this podcast. That's true. Uh, so. If you like Minutia Men with Rick and Dave, be sure to check out some of the other programs on the Radio Misfits podcast network, like, uh, like uh, Rick. Rick, um, have you ever heard war stories? And this is about uh, comedians telling. Yes, uh, that's a good one. That's a good it's a show. Great, it's a great one. I listened to it uh, last. Actually, I've listened to the last three or four. It's fantastic. And uh, we know a little bit about comedians uh, just with Dobie Maxwell. We did Dobie Maxwell's book. Monkey in the Middle, and he tells some great stories about uh, being on the road and 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 different um, things that comedians go through. So 
definitely check out war war stories it's a it's a great podcast great talk radio isn't dead it's just moved to a better place radiomisfits.com to find out more about rick and dave if you want to find out more because <laughs> we've just told you our vasectomy stories well, today uh, if you hey, want to find uh, out even more about rick and dave you can check us out at eckhartspress.com and also chicagoauthorsolutions.com and if you'd like to reach us you can drop us a line at minutiamenpodcast at gmail.com you know what this has been such a long podcast we don't have to do next week do we <laughs> this is a record setter for us this is like almost an hour yeah this is yeah this is this is a very special minutia men and special thanks go out to executive producer Ooh. tony lasano with opi productions we're distributed by ed silla of the radio misfits podcast network and we'll be back next week with a shorter episode of minutia men much shorter much shorter <laughs> the preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Lasano and Friends. Dick Biondi, DJ WLSFM. Uh, when I was working in Youngstown in 1957, I was doing record hops, and we always had 1,100 kids or more, and I was at the uh, Idora Park, which was like the Great America. And my deal was I would sit on a flagpole for three days and three nights. Ow. So they put up a flagpole. <laughs> it's got to be uncomfortable. A hundred <laughs> yes, feet I would up, say. And they put a little <laughs> platform up there, and everything was fine, Except the second night, I'm sleeping, and all of a sudden, I'm hearing bang, 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 and I look over the side, and a guy is shooting up at me. Oh, God. <laughs> and, it, it, and it was the uh, security guy for the thing. <laughs> oh, my. And, and, and I can't believe it, and I said, what the heck is going on? He said, I've been trying to wake you up. The cops are here with coffee and donuts. <laughs> Lasano and Friends. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com.